Thank you for joining us. I'm Paul Wilson. And I'm Chris Hemke. And this is Diesel Performance Podcast. Guys, we got a great episode today. We are here sitting live with Jason Worley. Jason, how the hell are you? Doing great, guys. How have you been? We're in your office. We're doing great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're out of our office we're for once, of, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Jason, you've been our longest sponsor of the podcast. Uh, we've had you on the show... I don't know, not enough, but but a few times. Uh, you're definitely a, a returning superstar guest. Uh, why don't you kick us off, though, for anybody who's new to the show, uh, give us a little bit about your background in diesel performance. Yeah, yeah, we'll keep that short and sweet. There's a lot of past episodes you can catch up on. I know, we, like you said, we've been a sponsor for many years now uh, since the podcast first started, and we're, we're proud to be a part of it for as long as we have. Um, diesel performance started for me back in 2007, 2008. Um, just getting out of high school and uh, meeting with all the local truck pullers, and it went it went downhill pretty fast after that. <laughs> had 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 an LB7, and uh, we we tore up our fair share of parts uh, those early years. Um, but we got into building stuff for for friends and local customers, and and uh, you know the internet days, you know the Duramax diesel forums, all the good stuff, you know before Facebook kind of thing. Um, but it was just a side business. I started out of my garage, um, you know, worked a full time job for many years. Uh, the business officially started in 2010, and uh, it's just grown astronomically in the last 13 years. Um, as you see, we're sitting here in this uh, nice new big shop. This was about two-year project in the making. Uh, it's in my head for many years, but two years officially in the making. Uh, we moved in. Uh, we've been in here a year, uh, a year as fe- as of February. Uh, so just last year, um, we moved in, and uh, it's been quite an undertaking. But I'm glad the move is behind us, and we're officially in the new building and, and getting settled in, and it's nice. You, you, you say a nice new shop. I mean, it's 100,000 square feet, and you have it full. Uh, yeah, you I don't like, it, to, I don't like to admit well, that. But <laughs> well, uh, well uh, you know. We, we got a couple empty holes here and there. We got some room to bring some things in and, and, and add on if we need to. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, like, like you said there, um, it's 112,000 square feet, uh, about 13,000 feet of office and mezzanine space. We brought a lot of new equipment in uh, the new building, a lot of new processes that we weren't doing in-house before. Um, got a lot bigger in our powder coat shop, a um, lot bigger mechanic area, more CNC machines. Just overall, every division of the shop expanded, um, and we got a lot more room to work. We're not moving things around to do one thing like we used to have to do at the old shop. Well, speaking of old shops, I think I first visited one of your shops in Sugar Grove about eight or nine years ago, uh, which I believe you had strategically found a place directly across from your full-time job. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that, actually. That's when we were building uh, Nick's, uh, one of the very first emissions intact twin turbo kits on his 2011 LML. Yeah. Uh, That was the old shop. I want to say it was 2012. Maybe it was 2013, but that was the very first shop we moved into. You're right. It was very strategic. Uh, it was directly across the street um, from where I worked. A normal first shift, uh, 6 to th- six to 2.30 job, and I'd get off work. I'd grab a bite to eat, and I'd go to my job and work there till you know midnight. And uh, played that story over and over for about three years, three and a half years, before finally making the full-time plunge. So that was the first shop. It was 22 or 2,300 square feet. And, uh, yeah, here we are. We grew 50 times the size <laughs> in 13 years. <laughs> now, with all the, the growth and the different buildings, I mean, there's different monumental moments, I would say, that you have to have in the back of your mind. What was one of the big moments that, you know, maybe it was a process that you decided to bring in-house, maybe it was a new RPO that you got involved in that was just like, holy shit, this is a game changer, this is it? Yeah, I mean, there's, I guess when I look back at it, there's, there were several big moments. Um, obviously, when I, when I left my full-time job and, and took this full-time, I already had a couple uh, 
some uh, people working for me at the moment full time. So there was like four or five of us at that point. That was a big step. Like it's real now. It's official. Yeah. I've got people working for me full time, and now this is my gig. So we better make it work. Uh, that was definitely a big one. That was in 2013. I would say the next big uh, moment from there is when we moved out of that shop in Sugar Grove. We took over like two thirds of this building. We had like three of five units, um, and there was no more room to go. And we made a big jump. We moved. We moved. 25 almost 30 minutes away uh moved the whole shop to sycamore illinois and that was a big deal and we made the move in the middle of winter which is not a good idea but we did it <laughs> um we moved up to sycamore and we moved in from we were we were at a little over 8,000, like 8,500 square feet in sugar grove at the time and this would have been like uh the winter of 2014 2015 we, we moved out 8,500 square feet in sugar grove and we, we drove all the way to Sycamore, made the big plunge, and moved into 22,000 square feet. Wow. And I thought it was just absolutely insane. You know, it was almost three times the size. My head plans, I was going to rent out half the building. I wasn't going to need it. <laughs> and it was just great, like huge. I think, there was, uh, I think there was maybe nine of us, nine or ten of us at that time, uh, working full time. Uh, so it was, a, it was a good show. I mean, we were busy. We still didn't have a website. You had to call in and talk to me or um, I think my wife now, a girlfriend at the time, Brittany, was also taking phone calls and all of our orders were placed over the phone at this time. So that was, I mean, that was only seven, eight years ago. It wasn't that long ago, but we didn't have a website yet. And the internet was very popular at this time. I just oh, want yeah. to be clear. This wasn't like like back in 1980 something. It's like, <laughs> no, no, no. 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 The interwebs are live. We were past yeah. dial up and you, <laughs> guys, you guys operated fully successfully, by the way, yes. without, a, without a website, which is like unfathomable at yeah. this point. Yep. It, you know, the weekends, obviously, you didn't take orders on the weekends. Your, your orders were Monday through Friday during business hours, and that's what it was. Business hours were a lot more than eight at the time. I would say the phone rang off the hook all day long. But, you know, we, ma we managed, and, and we made that jump, and moving to that shop was huge for us. Um, some of my younger brothers were starting to work for me at the time, and I would say the next big step, which happened shortly thereafter, the next big monumental leap for us, is when we brought the powder coating in-house. And we, we talk about the powder coating a lot, you know, every time we've been on the show, uh, you know, powder coat's always been a big thing for us, you know, having the custom colors and being able to customize the product you're purchasing to whatever color scheme, whatever type of build, you know, a lot of themed builds out there. Guys yeah. are building a truck to, to follow whatever theme it is, whether it's a sports team or whatever it might right. be. Um, so powder coat's always been a big thing for us. When we made the jump from Sugar Grove to Sycamore, uh, we moved the opposite direction of our powder coater, and it was it was not ideal. It turned into a one-hour drive one way so to you get to transfer. our powder coater. You would be transferring all these so, things. So, so you would build the parts and then throw them in the back of a pickup truck and drive yeah. them an hour away and then drop them off. Yep, we did a trip every that day. And there's something to come back? Every, no, we there was every day. We, every we day. would take the – we'd have a – uh, a bed of a pickup full of parts every day there and back, uh, picking up, dropping off. It was it was a Monday through Friday deal, even sometimes on the weekends. And that's someone's full-time job right there alone. Yeah, it was. Uh, luckily, my wife uh, drove near the powder coater for childcare at the time, and it worked out perfect. Like, she would make the trip for us <laughs> and, <laughs> hey, uh, drop off these parts while you're there and pick these up and then head into work. But it just got to be too much. We did that for nine or ten months uh, when, once we moved. Like, this is just not ideal at all. And I told my one of my younger brothers who uh, was doing auto body classes at the time was going to go do body work. I said, hey, what do you think about powder coating? And he, he didn't know what powder coating was. Look it up. Well, check it out. Well, let's do some powder coating. So we decided we just took the dive and we bought our own powder coat equipment. <laughs> and uh, we moved in there in 2015. And by the end of 2015, we were doing all of our powder coat in-house. And uh, my brother was running that shop. And uh, we had our first booth and our first oven. And we built our first sandblast cabinet. 
and we we had we didn't have to do our, our trips uh, two hours a day anymore to do our powder coating. <laughs> powder coating. I, I always laugh about the powder coating because it is like it is what takes something cool and making it pretty is usually the thing I make fun of. That's yeah. like usually I'm like, well, you've oh, never that's, been pretty. That's well. I'm gonna pass up on the joke <laughs> in my head. Um, no, but no, but but it is. It's it's something that's. It's a reckless way to spend your money on yeah. powder coating, and I love that people do it. Like, like I really do get passionate about that. Like you said, making it your own, making it unique. Uh, how long did it take to learn powder coating? Because that doesn't feel like something like you pick up over a weekend. No, he. Uh, there was a lot of practice in the beginning. There, we powder coated a lot of our own stuff, and we did a lot of a lot of testing with our own product. And there's a lot of things to figure out. You know, there's the 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 two coat processes. There's there's special. Uh, things you need to know about certain colors and certain combinations of colors and bases and top coats and cure times and the 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 type of material, um, how long it takes to get up the temperature. There's a lot of things that are important about it. How long it needs to cure for, at what temperature it has to cure for. There's there's a lot of variables depending on the brand of the powder, the color of the powder, and just even the the thickness of the product. Is it a chunk of quarter inch steel or is it a 16 gauge or a 14 gauge aluminum pipe? You know, two totally different things. Uh, so there was a big learning curve, no doubt about it. Um, but we've got it dialed in now. We've got we've got four guys in the shop now that that spray powder, um, and another you know had dozen people that are, are prepping and preparing product for powder was, on a daily basis. That's what I was going to bring up. You have a whole department for prepping, and I would say from a powder coating, I, I don't know much about powder coating, but there is a lot of importance into the preparation before you spray it. Yeah, just just similar similar to auto body and paint. Um, you can spend you know eighty percent of your time preparing a product for the final for the final finish and it's the most important if you don't have the proper prep preparation process um you're going to have a coating that's not going to last it's not going to look right it's it's going to deteriorate it's going to chip off uh it's going to corrode so we take huge pride obviously in our shop um in the preparation process and we've got many steps and certain steps like it is done a certain way and a certain way only because we've got that figured out and the whole shop goes through that process anything that's getting powder coated here uh, follows those same standards. Yeah. How much of the product do you think that you ship out, like on a percentage basis? Do you think ninety percent of what you ship out gets powder coated? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned earlier how is all these colors, and that's not the whole company. Like we we make a lot of product where it doesn't even get powder coated, um, or some things where it doesn't matter if it's a fancy color. A lot of stuff that we do obviously comes from the underhood components, the things you can see your your intakes, your intercooler pipes, your traction bars, coolant tanks, that kind of stuff. That's getting the special colors. Um, I mean, I'd say probably 80 or 90% of what ships out of here has got a powder coat finish on it or a ceramic coat finish. You know, we've got the ceramic coating as well, um, which is what we do on all the hot side components, your turbo downpipes, our, our build exhaust manifolds that we released um, early last year, which have just been a massive hit. Um, those are all ceramic coated uh, in-house here, follow the same preparation process. Um, we do a turbo exhaust. Your guys' stealth turbos. We sell a ton of your stealth turbochargers. And one thing that we do here that a lot of other shops can't offer is you buy a stealth turbocharger from us, we'll ceramic coat the exhaust housing, we'll powder coat the compressor cover, and you're getting that extra bit of protection from rust, and you're getting that extra pop under the hood if you're, if you're going for that. Um, so that type of stuff help, help sells these, sell these products that, that we get from, you know, uh, like Calibrated Power and a lot of other companies that we buy product from and, and powder coat and finish and resell. That's so cool to be able to take a product that 
that you know customers love, right? Whether it's a stealth or whatever else you guys are selling. And again, to be able to customize it to what people want, it's solving that problem. Well, it's diversifying WC Fab. I can't tell you how many times I am a phone jockey at Calibrated. I do take calls, and I'll have guys call in and say, I have a WC Fab stealth. And I just yeah, sit there in yeah, awkward yeah. silence like, yeah. you need a fact check, but you're putting your own spin on that <laughs> one turbocharger, which is a service that, you know, like we couldn't do at the shop unless we sent it sure, to you. Sure. So. Well, well, I, I love talking about solving problems because that's one thing that I've seen you guys do is innovate over the years. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how you've diversified or innovated some of your product lines uh, to meet some of the standards? Because we all know there's, there's some EPA pressure out there yeah. that everybody in the industry has dealt with, and that certainly changed how we've approached new product development. How's that impact? to WC Fab? Uh, it, it's cost a lot more. We got a lot more engineers on staff now. <laughs> um, you know, go back 10 years ago when we were building twin turbo kits and the first Y-Bridge kits and, and all the product that everybody built and sold and, you know, installed in their trucks back then, they were simpler days to say the least. I mean, we were able to build stuff and it just, it wasn't as complicated. And, you know, several years ago now, we've, we've changed the direction of the company as the industry has changed, of course. Um, and you know, we're striving, we, we've strived towards, uh, offering a product line that's emissions compatible, emissions compliant and stuff that you can bolt on your truck and not worrying about it causing issues or, or worrying about having, you know, delete tuning or anything like that. You know, our whole product line for our L5P, which is, you know, L5P is one of our most popular, obviously it's the latest model truck. It's been the longest running RPO code now for GM. Um, our L5P product line is huge and you can literally buy any single one of our L5P products and bolt it onto your truck. No tuning required and no emissions troubles, no engine lights. Like we've gone the extra step um, to improve upon maybe an older design that might have had issues and made it better, met today's standards so that they're not throwing engine lights and so they're not affecting emissions. Um, you know, we're doing the emissions testing. We're, we're getting the, the test data to, to prove to these other dealers. You know, guys are scared to sell shit, shit nowadays too right. yeah. because they're worried about getting in trouble, which yep. I don't blame them. A lot of people in my shoes, you know, and the manufacturing side of the industry have had to deal with the EPA and had to deal with uh, the government regulations, which have always been there. It's just really cracked down in the last, you know, five, five or six years. Um, so in order for shops to be uh, confident in selling our product, you know, we had to take that first step to say, you know, we're doing it. We're, we're taking that step and, and we're offering a product that you don't have to worry about selling and getting in trouble for. And we're proud of that. Like I said, we've got a lot more guys on staff and there's a lot more time spent on in CAD and on the design and a lot more time spent in, uh, you know, product test fitting and emissions testing uh, before a product goes to market. We used to be able to get a new model in, build a twin turbo kit and start selling it a month later. You know, it didn't, it didn't take the amount of testing when the truck's getting deleted or, you know, you're removing all of the things that are difficult to work with right. on those deleted applications. Now we're trying to make power and make performance or improve upon some of the OEM shortcomings and not affect emissions and not throw an engine light because as soon as that happens, you're, you're just in trouble. Um, so that requires a lot more time and uh, it takes us longer to bring product to market, but you can feel better knowing that it's been thoroughly tested and thoroughly developed. And believe me, it's gone through more than one iteration to get where it's at. So one of the things, you know, one of the newer products you guys have recently released is LBZ LMM Y bridges, right? And you have the provision on those Y bridges for the emissions. What's the feeling like having a product that you sold for years and then having to go back to the drawing board and redesign it to, to meet meet today's standards? Yeah, it's it's kind of wild you bring that one up. Um, the LBZ Y-Bridge kit, um, I would say it's been a staple product for WC Fab 
probably going back as far as 2000, I want to say 2010, probably 2010, 2011. Um, I remember building the first Wybridge kit on one of my buddies, 06 LBZs. It probably had like 60 or 70,000 miles on at the time, and we're 20 years old, and we're ripping this thing apart. And <laughs> we're building, building some one-off parts, and the, the Wybridge kit itself has gone through many iterations over the years. I remember, I remember taking stock bridges and cleaning all the nasty soot out of them and, and welding a three-inch pipe to them, and those are a bear to install, like absolute pain in the butt to install. And we made improvements over the years. Uh, both in fitment and in quality and just getting better and better and better. But obviously, you know, we all know it and we all did it back then. You know, it wasn't the right way to do things. You know, it didn't meet right. emission standards and everyone thought you're going to get away with it. It was no big deal. You know, it's it's nobody else. No, somebody else will worry about it. It's not our problem. Um, you know, says the guy deleting his truck. Well, it's become everyone's problem. I mean, right. everyone's seen the, the things out there today with people trying to sell their used truck and, you know, uh, local emissions enforcement knocking on their door because they got a deleted truck they're trying to sell. And they're, you know, literally end users almost getting in trouble out there. Like it is everyone's problem nowadays. Yeah. Uh, so several years ago, um, obviously with the face of the new industry and the way things were going, we went back to the drawing board. And as, as far as I'm aware, um, you know, we released uh, very, it was earlier this year, right at the beginning of this year, which has been in development for probably 18 months leading up to that. We released the first LBZ LMM model, uh, high flow three inch Y-bridge kit um, that is emissions compliant, 100% emissions intact. And believe it or not, it flows just as good as the kit that we sold for many years that did not work with those components. <laughs> you know, we've got a flow bench in house here. It actually uses the same exact uh, two piece uh, high flow Y-bridge that our, our kits used to sell or that we used to sell um, had in them. And we redesigned all of the plumbing itself to be compatible with the EGR, the grid heater, the throttle valve, and work with the all the OEM components around it and literally bolt on and look like an OEM factory part, like beautiful. But it's three-inch high flow, and on the flow bench, you know, I think it's 35 or 36% better flowing than the OEM components and, you know, massive increase over factory. Um, so that was a big step for us, and it's, it's a big product for us to go back and literally, you know, start fresh with and say this is what we're going to do, and we're going to figure it out. We're going to make it work. And it had a couple revisions. You know, there's definitely some some more complicated components in it. It's not just a three-inch pipe with one sensor on it anymore. I think there's, you know, there's there's seven or eight machined components that are getting welded to this pipe now to make it work with all these components. So we were pretty excited to bring that one back to market, and, and we're excited to be the only ones offering that too. Yeah. Do you think with the new regulations out there, it will shrink the vendor community? Do you think less people will be able to participate to be a competitor with you, right? Like, if I if you wanted to start a fab shop 15 years ago, you bought some tools and learned how to fabricate. That's not really the case today. No, I would say it's, it's a lot harder to enter the arena now and, and be compliant. Um, to have the equipment at your hands that we have, um, the technology, whether it be with the CAD software or CNC equipment, um, to be able to build an emissions compliant component that is better than factory, it's not as easy as the stuff from years ago when it wasn't compliant. Um, and it's not as easy for guys to copy either. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of shit gets sent over to China and and copied there's knockoffs of our shit out there and it's you know a quarter of the price but unfortunately some poor little kid probably had to make it and uh it's <laughs> it's unfortunate and you're always going to have those knockoffs but you know we are proud to say that our stuff is 100 percent made in the usa um all of it right here like sourced everything and uh you know it comes with a higher price tag sure but you're supporting a usa made company and we did the design work we spent the 
you know, sometimes 18 plus months doing the, uh, you know, engineering and the testing and getting it working and making it fit, you know, letting other mechanics and other people install the product, give us feedback. How can we make it better? You know, we've done that with this product, you know, had every tech in the shop do their own install uh, without getting feedback from any others and, and literally get multiple different opinions on how a product goes in or where you had difficulties. How can we make it better? Um, in the end, all of that is just to help the end user, help the guy that's working in his garage with basic hand tools, uh, be able to install these kits. Um, and of course the shops love it too. The shops love getting a product that fits and consistently works every time and doesn't require a bunch of other products from somebody else to make work. Um, you know, just essentially a one-stop shop. Yeah. No, what I think a crazy there's standard to have. There's something to be said about, <clears throat> you know, being at a little bit of higher price point, it is what it is. USA made, it is what it is. You also have people that can call you know, you, you have a, a phone service, you have support to where if something isn't able to be figured out, right, uh, on the end user, they can call, they can talk to tech, they can talk to sales. There's that other next level of service that, that comes with that, right? So oh, you're not going to get that from... Just to be clear, they also have a website now, too. So oh, yeah. I forgot. So all oh, sorts we of do. They're no longer in the Stone Age. Right, We're no right, longer right. in 2013. <laughs> right. You don't have so. to send smoke signals yeah, to order yeah. anymore. We, we finally launched our online store in 2017, <laughs> so you can go to the website to purchase product now. But no, that's another big thing, too. I mean, you're not going to buy something off Amazon or off eBay from one of these Ching Chong stores yep. and be able to call somebody yep. when you have questions or when the shit fails because it's it's garbage most of the time anyways. Um, but, you know, we've got a sales uh, tech support staff. You know, we've got a half a dozen people in the office. And if they can't figure it out, that phone gets transferred out to the shop and they're going to talk to a mechanic. Right. And you got problems with our product. Not to mention you got 100 plus dealers across the country that are either A, familiar with or B, have installed that product. Yep. And if you can't get help with us over the phone, we're bound to find you a local shop within an hour or two drive that can help you with a problem. If you got in over your head installing something and realize mm -hmm. that, hey, I can't get this and I just need to have somebody else do it. Like We got a dealer network that you know we are proud of and you know that are proud to sell our product and, and be a part of the WC Fab brand. And we love sending people to our dealers. You know, mm -hmm. If we get a customer that wants something installed and they don't wanna make the drive, we're not we're not trying to you know push them to make the drive where are you from give me your zip code you punch it in on the website you can you're bound to find a deal we got to do in every state alaska australia we ship to australia regularly every month we're shipping to something in australia there's all kinds of guys down there installing stuff canada we've got dealers in, in multiple uh um areas of canada uh as i mentioned all over the place mm -hmm. and that's huge to have that support team you know it's just as important as having a good group of guys out in your shop and a, and a good team uh, everywhere from from the admin to the sales team to the engineers to the to the machine operators to the technicians to the powder coders and welders you know it's a team through and through uh, whether it's starting in here and all the way down to the end user getting something installed at a, a at one of our reputable dealers and there's an online presence too you know there's a yeah. ton of forums and there's a ton of people out there where if you were to post on the forum hey I have this product right from calibrated power from WC fab there's generally going to be feedback of someone who's installed it or be able to do a fact, you know, fact check of, nope, you did this wrong or help aid that assistance, you know, to go a long way. Yeah, it's, it's kind of wild to see that evolve over the years. You know, there's there's definitely a, a big following of WC Fab now. You know, we're pretty well established and uh, there's there's a lot of people out there that know the product yeah. and there's a lot of helpful guys, too. There's, you know, there's guys that don't have a shop, but they've installed a bunch of these kits right. uh, for their buddies and and you see them on the forums helping people. Uh, that might be having an issue and it might be something super simple 
uh, to the guy that's installed three or four kits, but total oblivious to the person that's never installed one. And it's great to get on these forums and literally see you know, other customers, other ambassadors of our brand um, helping out people that might be installing a kit for the first time or, or just have questions about purchasing something like, I don't know what to purchase or I'm not sure which product I need. And to see these other people, they don't work for me. They're just you know, people that have followed the brand for years and know us and know our quality and know our standards. And they're out there representing us in a positive way. And I love seeing that. Like That's, that's awesome to go on the forums and, and see all the positive help. Yeah, that, I think that's a part of that growth, right? I mean, that, that's, the, that's what you get when you put hard work in and give quality products and take mm-hmm. care of people for so many years is that it does start to kind of come full circle to where you know your, your fans are out there helping take care of you in those situations and i love that um i also love thinking about the future what what's the the next steps i mean obviously we were talking earlier about seeing you go from 2800 square feet 2500 square feet to 100,000 square feet uh taking your products from you know something that like hey it worked really really well it earned a great reputation but it EPA came in and said, hey, you need to make some modifications to this. So there's always been change. There's always been this growth going on at WCFAB. What do you see going on over the next three to five years? Yeah, I mean, I could take that back even just the last couple of years. We've we've gone back to the drawing board on not only the LBZ LMM bridge kit, that's just an example, but a lot of our staple products, you know, all of our intake kits. Um, we just recently re-released all of our uh, four-inch intake kits to include the uh, complete airbox and not just a two-sided heat shield out of flimsy 16 gauge material. These are, you know, full surrounds, you know, sealed to the fenders in some instances or the hoods on an L5P, let's say, you know, heavy gauge welded, nice, nice heavy duty components. So we're looking at our whole product line and we're looking at stuff that maybe hasn't had any attention in five plus six plus years and saying, and, and it, but it's still selling and it's still popular and saying, how can we improve upon it? How can we bring it up to today's standards? What can we do to make this kit better and, and re-release it um, and get people excited about an older product that is just, it's kind of old news, but we've, we've done that a lot lately, just in the last year or so. And there's still a lot in the works too. You know, uh, you, you and me, Chris, were talking earlier before the, before the talk, before the podcast here about some of the new Y-Bridge kits, you know, mm-hmm. we got the LBZ LMM out. We have an LML Y-Bridge kit in the works. We've got an LLY Y-Bridge kit in the works. LB7 is still the OG. That one we've been making since 2010 <laughs> also, and it hasn't, had needed, it hasn't needed any changes, but yeah. we've made a lot of improvements on that kit. It used to be a completely handmade piece and you know sheet metal and and two being welded together and now it's a it's a billet lower section and it's we've made a lot of improvements on fitment and consistency and quality so we take a kit for a a 20 plus year old truck now that we literally developed and released 13 years ago and just last year we revamped the whole thing and brought it up to today's standards and there's there's a lot of that happening with new product not, not only with existing product, but also with new stuff. We've got uh, our fifth gen RAM. We've got our 2022 RAM um, that we've been working on some new product for. We got uh, intercooler pipes coming for the fifth gen guys. We've got coolant tanks. We've got a complete four inch intake kit. Um, believe it or not, everyone's going to be shocked to hear this, but we are working on Ford parts. We've got the 2020 plus Ford guys. <laughs> I was getting ready to make a joke about everything but Fords, and then here yes. he does and drops this on us. The the uh, the Fords, I will admit, we've we've neglected the Fords over the years. We've just never had any in our fleet. Um, we're about to have one in our fleet here soon, and we've already started some design and development work on some Ford products, and we're really excited to start bringing some Ford stuff to the market. Um, we're going to be starting with the 2020 and newer crowd, obviously just the most recent truck. Um, hopefully you also have fitment on the 23 models. We'll learn that here soon enough. 
And uh, we're excited because we've been getting requests from the Ford guys for so long. And I know there's a lot of you out there. We've been hearing you. I get it from my sales guys on a weekly basis and we are working on it. So there's a lot of new cool stuff in the works. Ford, Dodge, um, we've got a 24, uh, 24 GMC on the way and we'll be getting right into the 24 model stuff. We're always, you know, we've typically always been first to market on our, uh, on our Duramax platform being, you know, Duramax has always been our number one platform. Um, so we've got a new one of those on the way and we'll be digging right in and offering you all the same product that we've got on the uh, earlier model years. What about what about the other uh, room for expansion or, or rapid growth that you've seen uh, around the side-by-sides? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so the side-by-sides is another uh, fun one for us because we just can't have too many things going on at once here. We like to <laughs> add a lot more into the mix. So we started with the Honda Talon platform. Uh, we bought a Honda Talon in 2019. And uh, in 2020, we started building some product for it. We've learned a lot over, a lot about that process over the years with uh, tube manufacturing. It's a little different than um, tube manufacturing manufacturing for you know intercooler plumbing or intakes. Uh, a lot of different processes, and uh, as far as the, the cutting and the and the coping and bending and everything like that. Um, but we've got a whole complete product line for the Honda Talon 2019 to current two seater and four seater. And that, that, that side of the business is growing really well. We've been starting to do some more shows. We've been, we've been racing that machine, doing a cross-country woods racing with it. Uh, we've got a couple sponsored riders out there that have been routinely beating the shit out of our product, uh, putting it through the ringer, and uh, able to let us market it, saying it's uh, you know, been tested on the race course for two-plus years now. Um, additionally, another exciting one, we just bought a uh, Polaris Razor uh, 1000. So we'll be uh, working on the Polaris Razor next. Um, had a lot of requests for the Polaris uh, um, model line. So that one's actually in the shop right now, uh, getting 3D scanned and it's going to be on the engineer's uh, desktop here real soon, getting all of our, our product design for the uh, for the next uh, exciting model. And then the Can-Am's next. Just yeah, Can-Am Can -Am or the Yamaha is going to follow okay. the, uh, gonna, or the KRX. We've got a lot of guys with the KRX asking gotcha. us about them too. <laughs> it's like we can only do one at a time. I, I, I wish I could say the side-by-side -side was, you know, the forefront of what we're doing, but we've got a lot going on in the diesel side stuff yeah. still. Like people think that, you know, when the EPA started cracking down and we started doing side-by-side -side parts, you know, oh, they're not going to do diesel truck parts anymore. They're not going to, they're going to, they're going to stop making new parts for diesels. They're just doing side-by-sides. No, that's not the case. We are still very heavily involved mm -hmm. with everything diesel related. You know, it's still the lifeblood of, of, of me and my brothers and the side-by-side is just as fun. I mean, we bought the side-by-side -side and started racing it. And, like, it's just as cool. We, well, so Chris and I got to see his side-by-side. -side yeah. And uh, they it, use it. it is cool. It they is cool. It. Yeah. Uh, it is beat to fuck. Uh, <laughs> it, it has definitely been used on a trail uh, more than once and it had some fun in it. And that's, that's what... What those are for, right? Yeah. It's like if you have one and it's clean and there's not a single broken piece of paneling on it, like it's a show queen, then. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're a neighborhood crawler. We got you're it. You're a neighborhood crawler. <laughs> you're, you're at the you're retirement You're going to the local saloon drinking beers. Yeah, and for sure. Back. For yeah. sure. No, we're excited about that. We we don't spend as much time on the side by side as we do the diesel stuff, but it's still there. We're still working on it. Um, you know, we got one of our engineers that that still spends a good portion of his time working on side by side parts. We've got. A couple of dedicated guys in the shop that are just manufacturing the side by side parts. It's just not you know seven or eight welders like it is the the diesel guys. Right. It's, we it's it's there. It's just a smaller scale. <laughs> uh, but we we are still working on it and and we're we're working forward on on bringing more models and and more products for other models uh, to that to that market. Very cool. I love it, man. Any new products on the horizon that you're going to be launching soon that you want to announce right now? 
Well, I'll bring up Big Hitch. Um, Big Hitch products. Uh, if, if you're not familiar with that brand, they, they were kind of developed around the truck pulling scene here in the Midwest, offering hitches for the early model GM and Dodge trucks because uh, the hitches that came on those trucks 10, 15, 20 years ago, they didn't hold up to sled pulling very well. It was pretty common for those things to get ripped off the back of a truck. And uh, Big Hitch, Big Chevy Hitch, as it was once known, was developed in the mid-2000s uh, by a guy out of Wisconsin and making heavy-duty badass hitches, like so overbuilt. You could hook up a 30,000-pound gooseneck to this thing if you wanted to. I don't <laughs> recommend you to haul a gooseneck with your bumper. No, no, you, you heard it here. Yeah, you Jason heard it here. Said. It's, they're way overkill. They've got a 20,000-pound uh, Class 5 rating, but legit, you could hook a gooseneck up to it, though I don't recommend it. Um, they haul pulling sleds around, which we know are 50-plus thousand pounds through the dirt, and you know these things do not bend. They are just indestructible. So we had the opportunity to uh, take over that company just a couple of years ago, and super excited, we brought the manufacturing process and the powder coat process of uh, Big Hitch products in-house here at WC Fab. And uh, we redesigned a lot of stuff. We made some improvements both on fitment and uh, assembly and quality, um, obviously bringing it up to our powder coat standards. Uh, Big Hitch products today has taken uh, leaps forward in, in, its, uh, in its product line uh, being in-house here at WC Fab, and we're pretty excited about that. And uh, we're also really excited to bring some new stuff to market in the, in the big hitch side of things here. Hopefully this year is there's the, the other thing I'm, I'll take a step back here with big hitch is uh, we offer a, a receiver hitch that is meant to work behind a roll pan. So okay. a lot of guys with uh, pulling trucks, it's important to get that hitch forward um, closer to that rear axle. It, it puts a little better weight leverage on that rear axle and it's better for a truck pulling application. Additionally, you have guys that want to put a roll pan on their truck purely for the looks. They don't want to have that step bumper. Maybe it's lowered. Um, they just like the look of a roll pan. Well, you can't run a normal hitch with a roll pan cause it sticks out, you know, a foot behind and six inches too low right. cause it's meant for a normal step bumper. So, uh, at Big Hitch Products, we offer a bumper that is hidden behind the roll pan where you can remove your license plate with our license plate bracket, and you literally have a receiver hitch right behind where your license plate would go. So you just put a drop hitch in there. You can still haul trailers with a truck that has a roll pan on it. Uh, we offer a hitch that, yeah. that goes below the roll pan, and then we also offer hitches that still work with your factory-style bumpers. Um, so to where I was going with that is no one offers a roll pan for the 20-plus and newer GMs um, or the 19 and newer Dodges. So we've got um, a roll pan in the works along with a behind roll pan and below roll pan receiver hitches for the 2020 and newer GM crowd, Chevy and GM, because those bodies are a little bit different. So those will both be a, a, model, a, a brand specific uh, roll pan um, as well as receiver hitches and for the fifth gen coming. So we're pretty excited to bring those to market this year. There is a lot of show trucks out there, um, that are going to truck shows. You know, they just had, uh, the big Florida truck meet last weekend and, uh, you know, all of those, all those wild show trucks. And a lot of those guys are the ones yeah. running them roll pans. Um, but some of them still do haul stuff. So we're excited to, um, this year have a roll pan and behind roll pan receiver hitch, uh, for those model trucks. Um, so that's, what's new on the, on the big hitch front. Uh, I might have mentioned earlier on, on the um, diesel side, I know I did bring up the Ford stuff. We're really excited. We got, we got Ford stuff in the works. Um, hopefully have some of that stuff out this year yet. Um, 2024 Duramax already in the works. Uh, y-Bridges for the LML and the LOY platform. 
Uh, we get daily questions from customers, uh, social media, and on the phone uh, since we discontinued some of those products. We were already working on redesigns when we discontinued them. Uh, don't don't think that we weren't. Like we we were we had this strategically planned. They got a lot of a lot of stuff um, to be redesigned to make those products work. But it's in the works and it's all coming this year. We're really excited. Um, LML intake horns. Oh, the fifth gen coming stuff. I think I mentioned earlier. So a lot of new stuff in the works. A lot of new models. A lot Sounds of new like brands. It. Stuff that we haven't offered anything for previously, and it's going to be going to be big for us and big for our customer base. I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I know I'm excited to see what WCFAB brings out this new year. Guys, if you want to follow along and keep up to date with it, you can visit the social media channels for Worldly Custom Fab or WCFAB, or you can visit WCFAB.com and uh, stay up to date on everything. They also kick out an awesome newsletter. I don't know they if really you subscribe to that. I am. I'm I'm on that one. It's it's yeah. a hell of a read. It's a lot of info. Oh yeah. But it's a hell of a read. It's well worth it. Yep. Yeah, we we try to keep the newsletter entertaining. If you're not subscribed, um, make sure you go to subscribe to that uh, right at the bottom of our homepage on the website. Uh, make sure you're clicking all the links and make sure you're clicking all the pictures because we usually embed some pretty funny stuff in there. Um, just like keep people entertained as they're reading through there. But that's where you're gonna find. Uh, you're gonna find out first about new product, new releases in that newsletter uh, before it goes to social media, before it goes live on the website, you're gonna see it in the newsletter. So make sure to follow that. Um, we do have separate social media pages for both WCFAB side-by-side -side and Big Hitch products. Um, so make sure to check that stuff out, give us a follow. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, we've got a full staff, of sales team here. If you got questions, feel free to give us a call. Um, reach out on the social channels. We're very active on social media, um, very active in our messaging, whether it be uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all those, I don't keep up with them anymore. Luckily, I got a team for that, but I know we're very active on those and, and answering questions. So feel free to leave comments, and, and we do our best to respond to that and, and keep up with our fan base. Dude got a website five years ago. Now he's running a TikTok. Yeah, Go right. fucking figure. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, hey. No, no, no. He's, it's, it's a team. He's effort. got a team, team who's effort. running that. Okay, I love it. Jason, thank you so much for carving out so much time for our listeners. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it was fun, guys. Thanks again for having me, and uh, let's let's not wait a year and a half to do this again, huh? Oh, you yeah. said it. All right, guys, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Hemke. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Hemke. Make sure to like and subscribe, and we'll talk to you again soon. I'm like, well, you've never oh, been pretty. That's Well, <laughs> I'm going to pass up on the joke <laughs> in my head. Um,